Hey mama, so I cannot wait for this conversation. Today we're gonna go through 20 myths and we're gonna bust these misconceptions about postpartum fitness. So these are the 20 most common that I see out there. And so I just wanted to speak to these because especially in the military community, we have been fighting an uphill battle over the last few years to try to get all the information and guidance that's out there in our pregnancy and postpartum fitness programs, or maybe you know, you're know you in a military branch or a service that doesn't even have any guidance or any standardized programs, but I can tell you, even if you do, it's it's probably not very updated. At least that's how the Army is, and so we're, we're just super behind. We've been fighting to get these things to change. I was part of a working group that I helped to spearhead. Once we got this thing up and running, we were literally rewriting the entire doctrine, but it's still taking time to get down to the force. And so I know what's out there still that we're, we're going off of, we're, you know, educating leaders in is still terrible information. And so today I'm going to go through the 20 biggest misconceptions that I see out there for postpartum fitness. And we're going to probably do another one of these for pregnancy because there's still some pretty bad ones. So I hope this is fun. I hope this is, and I also hope that it's really enlightening. I didn't know any of these things until I became a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. And I was like, why do more women not know these things? Why is there such terrible information out there? Why is the majority of the messaging, the guidance that's out there on Google or whatever, um, even through many Facebook groups, all the things that you see when you ask other people for advice, why do we still propagate so much of this misinformation? So we really do have this uphill battle to fight, but you deserve this. You deserve better guidance. You deserve trustworthy information that's evidence-based, that's updated given the latest research and breakthroughs that we've had in the women's health and fitness field through pregnancy and postpartum. And it's still taking time to get through, you know, to the medical community, to the OBGYN channels, the regular kind of health and fitness space. And so we're going to go through today these 20 myths and and I hope that this is eye-opening to you, and I hope that you share this because, again, we deserve better quality information, and so many of these things we end up stressing over and we get so anxious about through our pregnancies and through our postpartum journeys, but we don't have to. It doesn't have to be that way. So let's continue to elevate the level of support and the quality of support and the postpartum standard of care that's out there. I think the you know, our return to exercise, our return to fitness, our return to just all the things we need to do in life and also all the things we want to do in our athleticism to make sure that we're supported in that because that really is what we deserve. So you deserve that. Our sisters in arms deserve that. All the mothers out there in every community, whether you're an athlete, whether you're in the military, whether you're in a different tactical profession or beyond. So please share this with a friend and continue to get the word out. This is a fight worth fighting. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you wanna make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform with so many expectations to perform in your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures, prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way. 
to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. So myth number one, the six week all clear is a green light to return to whatever form of exercise you were doing before pregnancy or at the end of your pregnancy. No, this is not true. So I know we usually receive very, very generalized guidance to just listen to your body, ease back into things. And we like wait and we hang everything on this six week clearance, right? From our OBGYN or from our midwife. And we may assume or even be told that it means, yeah, we, you know, we've got permission or approval to do everything that we're doing before. And we obviously, we feel so eager to get back to all the things we want to do. And we want to reclaim our fitness. We want to reclaim our body again, our identity, right? And I completely feel that. But it does take time to heal. It takes time to rebuild. And our body also deserves a grace after all these incredible things that it's done, these hard things that it's gone through. And so this medical clearance, I want you to think about it in these terms. Medical clearance doesn't equate to a full athletic clearance. So that medical clearance doesn't mean our body's ready for all types of athletic demands, and especially high impact like running or jumping and then high intensity workouts, really explosive, dynamic, challenging movements. They must be progressed to over time. We can't just start with those things. So we can't jump from zero to a hundred. And I know so many of us feel that pressure, especially when you're in the military, when you're like, well, I got this fitness test. I got to get back to, I got this timeline for height and weight standards. I got to, you know, lose all this weight so I can get back into compliance. And we feel all that pressure. And we also feel that pressure to prove ourselves postpartum to prove that, you know, having a baby doesn't set us back and that we can still hang and all those kinds of things. Right. But let's make sure we're meeting our body where it's at now. And we're progressing patiently towards where we want to go. So I want you to make sure you're, you're doing that gradual approach and no light switch is automatically flipped when we all of a sudden become six weeks postpartum. So that's probably not what you heard at your six week appointment. But I'm here to tell you that because the guidance to return to fitness demands is not necessarily in like the scope of expertise for your OBGYN. They're great at making sure you know you and your baby are healthy as you're pregnant and giving birth. And we're lucky if they're, you know, have somewhat of an education or awareness of these things. Most of the time they don't, you know, and so that's when the baton should really be handed off to the next professional who should be a pelvic floor physical therapist giving you a, you know, individualized evaluation of where your body's at and a pregnancy and postpartum certified coach who can then help you progress to the fitness demands you want to get back to, right? But we don't have that because it's not part of our standard care, right? But that's what we need. So that's the first myth is that an all clear is this huge green light. No, it's more of a yellow light to continue to progress from there. All right. So number two is that can't, we shouldn't do anything before our six week clearance. So kind of on the other side of the coin of that six week clearance, you know, we shouldn't lift over 15 to 20 pounds. We really should be doing nothing. And then once we hit the six week mark, we can do everything. Okay. So that's the second aspect of this myth that we're busting is we can't do anything before that clearance. Okay. So as I stated, six weeks is too early to return to the high intensity, high impact exercise, like running, like jumping, like heavy strength training again, right? However, it is helpful to begin gentle core and pelvic floor rehab because our body does need to heal. We need to regain kind of the brain to muscle connection early postpartum, and that supports our healing process. And it helps support when we do want to build that foundation to get back to all the things that are more intense for our body again, you know, that we are going to be thrown back into in the military or your fitness community if you want to get back to CrossFit or something like that. 
And we also look at the daily tasks of motherhood in real life, which you're going to be doing in that first six weeks postpartum. So even if you had a C-section, you have a little bit more of a complicated recovery early on, or if you had, you know, pretty intense pelvic floor tearing, vaginal tearing, if you had, you know, a second, third, fourth degree tear, even with those things, we still have to take care of our baby, right? Or maybe multiple kids, even just functioning around the house, picking things up, bending down, grabbing that car seat and putting it in the car, going to the bathroom, squatting down to your couch or your chair and getting back up again, lifting your baby up and down off the floor, carrying your baby, carrying your car seat. Those things are more than 15 to 20 pounds. And your toddler, if they're anything like mine was, is 40 pounds. <laughs> you know, I mean, you got to go back to work too, right? Oftentimes in maybe you got to go back to work even sooner. In the military, we're expanding the parental leave policy, which is amazing progress. But so many across our country and even other countries too might not have the privilege of of having paid parental leave right and and that's heartbreaking there are so many things that we have to do in real life that require us to be able to just be functionally capable of doing those things and so it's not like we we just can't do anything before that six-week clearance a real life demands it and so do the things that we need to get back to so how are we bridging that gap so we can rehab properly so just as if we were you know recovering from a major injury or a surgery or something like that i've been through three knee surgeries i tore my acl twice in college playing volleyball and in this military gymnastics class that we had (laughs) over at west point and it was crazy i've been through a lot of recovery processes and that helped helped equip me for the demands of returning from pregnancy and rehabbing postpartum and so i can I can relate to a rehab protocol, but we're not given that following birth unless you are lucky to be supported by a pelvic floor physical therapist, which should be standard of care for all of us, but it's not that accessible. We're working on it, but it's not that accessible right now, right? So we got to advocate for ourselves more, but we should be receiving this progressive rehab protocol, just like for any other major injury, right? And so if we have to make this return on a certain timeline, following that six-week clearance due to maybe it's our job demands, maybe it's our real life, maybe it's we really want to get back to fitness because it's a big part of who we are, right? Let's make sure that you have the strategies and the awareness of what things that you can think about, what things that you can start applying even before you get to that six-week mark so you can reduce fear around movement, so you can reduce fear around, you know, maybe how to help your C-section heal, So you can learn how to move well and preserve your core and pelvic health in the ways that you can control in that time frame and also given your demands, okay? So it's more nuanced than that. It's not a blanket. You can't do anything. And then once you hit the six mark, you can do everything. No, 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 right? That's the narrative that we hear, but that's not the reality. And so I just really want to be clear on busting those myths. All right, number three is that elite or highly experienced or maybe competitive athletes or those of us who have a strong baseline of fitness are exempt from the need to take time to recover and heal. Uh-uh. Okay, I, I completely get it if you're feeling that because I felt exempt too. My first time around, I was like, I've always been an athlete all my life. I was a D1 college volleyball player. I still, I still was able to work out through pregnancy. Like, I have a great baseline of fitness. I feel really good. You know, I'm recovering well. And so I can go jump back into that fitness test at six weeks postpartum. I did. I jumped back into that. I, I passed by just by the grace of God. I then jumped straight back into my training and pretty rigorous demands right away. 
Well, guess what happened? I ended up experiencing long-term urinary incontinence and dealing with the ramifications of putting my body through too much too soon. And I did not take the time to heal. I felt exempt from the need to take it slow. And I just didn't have the education on how to do that. It's not intuitive because nobody really teaches us these things. Nobody, no matter where you are through your pregnancy, no matter where you were before pregnancy, no matter how smooth your birth goes, nobody is exempt from the need to heal. We all have changed bodies postpartum and also no matter your background or experience level. So heaviness of, you know, maybe your, how much weight you're lifting, the intensity of your workouts, how quickly we, we return to certain things that's going to be relative to each person. So those blanket statements like, you know, don't lift over this many pounds are kind of unfounded in that sense. And so though something might not be heavy from the perspective of your normal, your body is not in its normal state postpartum. There was trauma through birth, no matter what type of birth experience you had, no matter if you had tearing or not, no matter if you had a C-section or not. And so there's this additional level of stress on the core and pelvic floor through pregnancy, no matter how smooth it was, no matter how good we felt through it, no matter how you know much we worked up up until our due date, right? And so it was an already stressed system during that time. And every one of us needs a progressive rebuilding of our fitness. And it also should be according to those unique variables, but with those common themes and considerations and an adjusted mindset, we have to have that trust that, yes, our body's going to get back to where, where we want it to be where it needs to be. We got to be patient with it. We, we cannot, we cannot ignore the early healing because it will set us back. You know, we, we all want to get back there faster. The fastest way is to actually take it slow, slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's going to be way less of a roundabout process where you're going to have to then overcompensate for trying to go too quickly. And nobody wants to be slowed down way later in the game like I was. And and this is a story for so many of us who re, we you know, you never regret an intentional patient recovery where you rebuild a strong foundation early on. It's when it's the hardest. It's the first 3 months postpartum when you're like not feeling like yourself when you're like so eager to get back to feeling more like yourself again in your body, more, you know, confident when you look in the mirror, feel better in your clothes again, to feel more confident when you get back to the gym. But the thing is, if we ignore that time, that it's going to impact us down the road. And so that's the hardest time, but it's the most, most important time. All right. So number four is the myth that peeing or leaking when you sneeze, cough, run, jump, or painful sex. So these are some of the most common symptoms that we see. That's just an inevitable part of motherhood that you just got to deal with it. That is normal. It's so common that everybody goes through it and you just got to deal with it. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, 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 no. So yes, it is very common, incontinence or other pelvic health issues, pain with sex postpartum, it may be common, it may even be joked about, but it does not have to be your new normal. It does not have to be something you live with forever. And I absolutely know from personal experience with all of these things that this can absolutely affect your quality of life, your ability to pursue the athletic things that you want to or that you need to that it affects your relationship, your intimacy, so many things. I've been there too. So you're not alone in any of this. And you can learn strategies to improve this by working with a professional, whether it's a pelvic floor physical therapist, whether it's an occupational therapist who specializes in pelvic health, or even a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach who's familiar with these things too and can work within their own scope and help you manage some of these symptoms, right? So it's best to build your team. It's best to build your support system across the board. 
And that's what's going to help you to work through these things, but you do not have to just suck it up. And before I knew that there was help out there, I was dealing with these things alone and I was trying to push through and I was in a light infantry unit. So a combat arms unit with surrounded by all men. And I was like, felt so embarrassed and ashamed. And I was so anxious about every single morning of PT. I was like, okay, are we going to have to run? Am I going to be leaking? and peeing my pants when I'm running and I was just dreading it so much and I was like I just don't even want to be in the army anymore because I lost all of my joy around fitness and it's always been a huge part of my life it's always been a big passion of mine but I was like this is just not something that I feel comfortable with right I was just so anxious about it every single day I was peeing four times in the morning before my exercise session and we were starting at 6 a.m like can you imagine so waking up first thing in the morning going to the bathroom going to the bathroom again before I left, going to the bathroom again as soon as I got to the formation, going to the bathroom again before we started running. Like, it was ridiculous. And if I worked with a pelvic floor physical therapist, they would have taught me, okay, some of those things they're doing may feel like it's giving you that reassurance you're not going to leak, but it's actually training your body to not be able to control your bladder as much, right? And so anyways, that's that's what I was going through. And so if you're going through any of those similar things, you're not alone and you can feel so alone, but you don't have to be. So please, please, please advocate for yourself and listen to one of my recent podcast episodes where we dug into how to advocate for yourself. Number Episode number 48 is how to advocate for yourself, for your family, for others, whether you're in the military or beyond. This is 12 tips and strategies that I wish I knew through my early stages of motherhood because it would have helped me avoid so much of this, this pain I didn't need to go through. Number five is that diastasis recti is preventable. So you're going to see a lot of messaging out there of how to prevent diastasis recti. Okay, that is also false. It is normal and expected. It's how our body naturally makes space for our baby. So, you know, many of us may feel afraid about this. And this most likely comes from the things that you're being told or that you're reading. And there's a lot of fear mongering out there. But this fear can also make our whole experience much more stressful and disempowering. So... Yes, we can't avoid it because it's a very natural thing that our body does to adapt. But at the same time, we can have this adjusted strategy through pregnancy and postpartum and how we're training and how we're exercising and the adjustments that we make, the simple modifications and adjustments we make, things like how we breathe through the range of motion of those movements, the decisions that we're making and what we do or don't do, the ways in which we are managing the pressure on our core and pelvic floor. That can help us preserve our overall core and pelvic health so that we have long-term athleticism, so we have long-term function. So the goal is to maintain and improve the integrity of our core so we're not adding extra stress in the ways that we can control because our body's already experiencing the stress of our baby, right? The natural pressure that's outward, pushing outward, right? And also pushing down on our pelvic floor. So we can adjust pressure by adjusting our body position, our breath, our tension, our load, our the choices we're making in exercise, right? And this can feel super confusing and overwhelming because there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of shame marketing, there's a lot of misinformation out there. But instead of researching your symptoms nonstop or going down that rabbit hole of, of spiraling into you know, information overload. And just, I think so many of us can tend to do that. You probably know exactly what I'm talking about or looking for the perfect exercises to do to avoid diastasis or to get rid of diastasis, get help from an expert that you trust. I can help you with this. I can help you wade through all of the confusing messaging or the fear-based messaging out there, the shame-based messaging out there. The fitness industry is unregulated. So it's super important that you vet who and what you learn from so that it's high quality, so that it's trustworthy 
Number six is that this is the myth. Diastasis means dysfunction or that it equals dysfunction or it's a death sentence for your abs or your aesthetic goals. No. So diastasis is like improving any kind of injury or building strength and capacity in any area of your body. It requires rehab. It requires an intentional progression and it requires you to increase the level of challenge on your body over time. Your core is not broken. Your abs are not split open. So closing the gap is not the end all be all because functionality and strength is, is what really matters and continuing to build your core's capacity over time by progressing your exercises will also support many of those aesthetic or appearance-based changes that you're also hoping for because i think so many of us are like postpartum at least this was me definitely it's probably you too you're like i want to lose all my baby weight i want to flatten my stomach i want to get rid of you know this this mom pooch or whatever right like i want to feel good in my body again i want to feel more like myself again i want to feel like i used to feel i want to look like i used to and so i completely get it and your linea alba is thinner and wider than before because your body naturally self-adjusted during pregnancy to allow your baby to grow, right? That natural adaptation that we just talked about. So your diagnosis of diastasis, it's not a death sentence. It's, it doesn't define you. It doesn't limit your strength or your capability. And neither does the size or the width of your core, the number of inches or the number of finger widths of your diastasis. So you're going to see a lot of messages out there about that. And I really want you to just be equipped to wade through that. And so that's what I help you do. All of this is what I help you do through my postpartum program. I give you all the tools for what do you actually need to be worried about? What do you actually need to be focusing on? What are your measures of progress that you should be focusing on? What are the things that we want to be progressing in? And how, what are the best ways that we can see the most progress the most quickly with diastasis, right? And both, yes, closing the gap, but also making sure that our, our strength and function is there because that is more of what defines our capacity rather than just the width of the gap itself. So mindset is really key here and just making sure you have access to good quality information that's trustworthy is also really, really key. Now round number seven. Myth number seven is that we must only do diastasis safe exercises. We must follow the strict do's and don'ts list. Nope. Busted myth here. So it's natural to be concerned, of course, about changes to our abs for both, like we talked about, the aesthetic reasons, those appearance reasons, but also the functional reasons during both pregnancy and postpartum. However, there is no such thing as a blanket do's and don'ts list or diastasis safe exercises. This is a very outdated framework. It's not evidence-based and it also causes this kind of unnecessary stress, anxiety, and fear around exercises, especially for those of us who are in the military when we've got to get back to planks. We got to get back to very core intensive demands. Many of our fitness tests may still have, if you're in other military branches, we just moved away from this in the army, but if you're in other military branches, you might still have sit-ups or some version of that. You may have pull-ups that are really important for you, either in your fitness test or just in your demands that are expected of you in the military. You have other very core intensive movements like push-ups, right? And those things are traditionally on those lists of don'ts or diastasis, like unsafe exercises. So we're like, okay, well now how am I supposed to get back to those demands? And now it causes a lot of extra fear and anxiety, right? And so I want to help you shift away from thinking about these blanket statements and look more of like a spectrum. So good versus bad exercises. It's more on the spectrum of your body's capacity, your ability, what's appropriate for you as an individual in that particular moment in time, based on your healing timelines, based on your goals, and also your unique body. So this is what I can help you do as a coach, whether we work one-on-one -on -one or and also in a program, I help you to do exactly this, to get clarity on this. So I help you to know, does this complement or compromise my core and pelvic health? Does this strategically support 
my long-term health and performance or is it you know maybe my ego even or my pride that's driving the train on this right and so just because it can doesn't always mean that we should and those are some of the things we have to think about when it comes to protecting our core and pelvic health so it's important to just filter out those really dogmatic or obsessive or black and white and and very inaccurate approaches that are out there and i know this is what we're dealing with in so much of the current information that's very outdated even that's going through the military right okay number eight is coning or doming you may hear these terms means that you have diastasis so we see these things associated a lot in the messaging out there but again diastasis is determined by not just the width of your gap along the midline of your core the vertical midline and the depth of that but it's also the integrity of your tissue and the muscles right and the function so coning which is basically the you know if you were to see kind of almost like a bread loaf if you go down and you do like a a crunch movement you may notice that your core kind of bulges outward that is coning or doming so oftentimes we're like oh that means we have diastasis no it's just visual feedback of the way our body is distributing pressure it's just a sign that our body isn't evenly distributing the pressure intra-abdominal pressure so the pressure within our abdominal wall right within our core and so doming and diastasis tend to go hand in hand because one way to assess for diastasis is to look for doming but it's more so it's just one indicator that our body isn't necessarily handling that demand on our core as well and so pay attention to situations where your tissues are being fully stretched and you see coning and doming so you can start scaling back by adjusting variables like your breathing strategy try a different core engagement try a different body position try a different amount of load or range of motion when you aren't able to bring your tissues off of that full stretch and to reduce that doming so this is where awareness of your core and adjustments and strategies for movements are really important. And this is this is what I help you with as a coach. I help you to know, okay, based on that visual feedback of whether or not I'm seeing coning, does it mean that I need to make some, some adjustments to my breathing strategy? Does it mean I need to make some adjustments to how I'm recruiting my core muscles in different ways of doing that? My TVA versus other areas of my core like upper abdominal muscles and how you're learning again how to recruit those muscles when your brain and your body has lost some of that dis it's kind of been disconnected a little bit because of pregnancy or because of giving birth but there's no need for fear or obsession over these things and so that's a myth that i really want to bust as well okay the next one number nine is the myth that okay I got to look for those programs that are going to promise me slimming down and the ones that market abs for moms or like get rid of the mommy pooch, whatever, because those are the fastest and best ways to meet my goals. Okay, my friend, I'm going to just be real, real with you. This is oftentimes shame marketing, and I really want you to look at this kind of messaging as a red flag. So oftentimes this messaging is a sign of a coach who's actually probably unqualified to train you and doesn't necessarily have your physical and your mental health in mind. So I really want you to just take that step back for a moment. And yes, I honor you and acknowledge that we want to get our bodies back. But there's a lot, a lot of shame around if you feel shamed into certain programs because it promises you the quickest way to get that, then you may not be making the right decision for you in the long run and for your relationship with your body in the long run and also for your function and your performance. And so I know it's oftentimes what our society praises, but praise isn't necessarily warranted for how flat a stomach is at certain number of weeks or months postpartum, because that doesn't also necessarily equate to strength or function. So somebody could have 
a you know amazing appearance in their core but they aren't able to functionally do certain kinds of movements and so what we want to aim for is right the overall strength the capability the confidence in our body overall health and athletic performance and also those aesthetic goals we don't want the aesthetics the appearance at the expense of our function and our athletic performance right and for those of us who are in the military and really just for life itself we want both and you can have both and so we're not going to do one at the expense of the other and i'm also not going to to encourage you to put your worth in your appearance i'm going to help you to develop a healthier relationship with your body again postpartum so you can appreciate its dignity and you can feel more comfortable in it and you can feel like you're able to accept your body is good and it is beautiful and it's worthy in every single stage and shape and size you're not more worthy if and when you reach those goals i just want to be very clear i will support you in all those goals that you have to change the appearance of your core and that's what i help you do through my program but i do not want you to place your worth in it because your worth is not in it so let me just remind you that here and just be very very clear so not sure who to trust on this your marketing the marketing and the brand messaging are your top clues and you deserve that trustworthy guidance all right number 10 so the myth is that you're broken postpartum your body needs to be fixed and you need to be repaired so yes we need to restore our core and pelvic floor but i don't want you to look at your body as broken i don't want you to look at your body as needing to be fixed and so many times this comes with the territory of again those desires to get our body back again postpartum and i think we as women in today's society it's ingrained in us that exercise should be this way to change our body's appearance to get our body to become smaller and so we're always on this never-ending expedition with this constantly moving target to make our body more worthy of love and acceptance by society or even by the military i mean look at our how outdated our standards are for height and weight and how much body dysmorphia is propagated in the military simply because we're basically told we're not measuring up if we're not measuring up to this number on the scale or this measurement of our waist and neck and butt i mean it's just so ridiculous i know you're dealing with all of those things if you are in the military and you're feeling that pressure to return to the fitness standards and I'm, I'm just praying for us to finally change these standards but in the meantime i'm here to help you navigate that from both a physical recovery perspective and losing the weight that you need to lose in a healthy way in a sustainable way but i'm also here to support you in the relationship with your body because there's so much psychological impacts of these things too and i don't want you to be for the rest of your life traumatized by this experience of being forced to return to certain standards and feeling like your worth is just in that because that's what you're being told by the environments that you're in it's so heartbreaking but i just i want you to know i'm here to support you and i see you in all of those struggles so postpartum going back to this myth that we're broken we need to fix our bodies our, our body, yes, regardless of our labor and delivery experience or how smooth it went or how difficult or traumatic even it was, our body's been altered from the inside out. Your body isn't fragile, but it's also not invincible. It is very vulnerable in this season, especially very early on, but we don't need to fall into this narrative that's broken. Your body's just done the most incredible miracle and it's so strong, it's so resilient. And it just, it does, and it deserves time to heal and rehab. It needs that time to heal. And we need support and also a strategy, a plan to continue to help rebuild it into where it needs to be, right? So that we can get back to all the things we want to do. 
without symptoms, without all the frustrating symptoms, and so we can feel confident in that, so we can restore our core and pelvic health, and also maintain our mental health through pregnancy and postpartum, because all of that matters. So you're not broken, you don't need to be fixed, but I'm also here to help you move towards where you want to be and where you want your body to be again. I hope you've been enjoying this myth busting and getting a lot out of it and learning a lot. If so, please share this with a friend and I will catch you in the next episode where we're going to dive into number 11 and move all the way through the full 20. So join me over there for the second half. I'll see you there.